0: You are listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe.
1: Hello, I'm Eric Lawler. Welcome to House of Football with Sports Joe. This is episode 25. Delighted to have in studio Alan Colley and Robbie Redmond. Lads, you're very welcome to the podcast Thank again. Sure. Great to have you in. Listen, let's get straight to it. It's been a weekend of international football. We've played France, we've played Holland and two defeats. Uh, what's your initial feelings? Um, Obviously... Lots of disappointment and more so
0: not just with the defeats. I suppose the bigger picture stuff is looking like Stephen could be gone now as well. So... I am tinged with a little bit of sadness towards that as well because obviously we were all for Stephen. We wanted him to do well. Uh, I think everybody wanted him to do well, not just his supporters because of, I suppose, the ambition that he had when he came in in terms of trying to give us this new brand of football, change the culture, change how we're perceived across Europe, all these kind of real, brave, ambitious things that we probably hadn't heard a manager speak about before. And... In theory, all that sounded great at the time and we were all rolling in behind it. But ultimately, when you look back on the campaign, and particularly this one, and as you says, the two defeats coming uh, in the last few days, it comes down to the reality of the fact that we're out of the campaign again, Eric, and the results are just not there. No much, no matter how much you want to speak about what we're trying to achieve, what we're trying to do, how many players we've blooded, how many fellas we brought in. So I'm sure we'll get into the, the nitty gritty of the, the discussion. But just in terms of coming off the back of those defeats, and as I said, the bigger picture stuff with Stephen. I am, I am a little bit sad to be honest with you because it does look like he's he's gone
1: I mean if you, t- if you take it even game by game uh, away from Kenny I suppose the French match we were never seriously thinking we were going to get out now that match mm. and let's be honest I think uh, Rob, you probably agree the French even though they're not the world champions, are probably the best team in the world at the yeah. moment when you look at the, the the players they even had on the bench there against us you know. they are playing a different sport and they were playing in second gear as well it was they? like
2: Space Jam with the
1: aliens up yeah. there <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was exactly <laughs> like that and we just we were chasing shadows really yeah. weren't we and yeah. we put so much effort into it like you can never fault the lads commitment no. their effort but we're just not good enough and the French just toyed with us and you know, um, and and oh, two nil. Like if somebody had said to you, we'll only lose two two nil against the French. You'd nearly take it. You yeah, like
0: you're. That's what you're saying there. That they were they were tying with us, and and we're not. But we're certainly nowhere near that level, Eric. Like in terms of the levels, and and it is all levels when you go through different teams or leagues, no matter what you're talking about with different teams. Everybody has their level. Um, we're well below that, and as you says, they're they are the best team in the world. They are phenomenal. So I even reviewing that game and analyzing that game, that was never a thing for mm-hmm. me because we were a, you could play them a hundred times and we're going to lose ninety. I was cheering when we got a trial in. <laughs> and and like you look at the second half, and as you says, the lads were great, the application, all that stuff. Like you can never fault that, and you never will with any Irish lad or any Irish team. That's kind of what what we do, and they're the basics. You should expect that anyway, but. It's more so the bigger stuff in terms of the campaign is where Stephen has fallen down. And people can accept losing to France the other night and people coming away being realistic that no football and say, okay, well, they're up there and we're down there. People will live with that. It's the Greece games and... Luxembourg and Armenia, the pre- the ones that have gone before where Stephen has fallen short, that that's where the criticism is. Well, I mean, in
1: fairness to Luxembourg, they're a they're a they're a growing force. They only lost nine 0 to Portugal last night. <laughs> Bruno with three assists and a goal. Yeah. Overrated. you have to get that. Bruno in you He has to get Bruno in. every week. And then and then we, 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 we had the Dutch at home um on uh, on Sunday evening. Uh, beautiful evening, uh, rocked up there myself and the colour and the noise, the atmosphere it was a really really lovely evening for the game of football and, and the atmosphere was really positive going into the ground and of course we had this amazing start. Uh, Robbie, your impressions on the Dutch game? And Yeah, well, the atmosphere was like a, a tournament atmosphere. Yeah,
2: it's probably as close as we're going to get to a tournament <laughs> atmosphere for a while. But yeah, um, great start for us, 20 minutes, um, pressing really high. Like It was actually great to see like, Benny putting Aki under pressure and Van Dyke looked a bit shaky up against Ida. Like, so we did that part of it, right? We got the penalty, a few other kind of chances but the Dutch just took control of the game then. And it was kind of, even though it's a different level of opponent that we probably faced in previous matches, they're obviously better than the Greek, Greek in the last game, but it was similar kind of failings. And I just felt like they switched up after half time, and Stephen didn't, uh-huh. or the players didn't. And it's, it might sound cruel because we so much get into the big problems, the small problems, but we definitely saw a small problem there, which was the opposition manager makes a change. And Stephen reacts too late, and that ultimately could be what cost us. Basically, and that's when the damage was done. Mm. Yeah, and I was saying to you earlier on a good kind of stat about that. It's like that. So in the last fourteen matches, we've conceded a goal seven times in the ten minute period after, when the second half starts. Wow! So, like so that that once that happens, you go that's bad luck twice. All right, more bad luck. Yeah, seven times, fifty percent of the time. Yeah. that's a pattern. Mm. So for me, that I look at that and say, Stephen. Just maybe isn't on the in-game level management of someone like Coleman or Poye, Guys who manage that top level.
1: So, so guys in that top position, Robbie, what like what like if they, if that is a trend that is yeah. happening, what can they do? Well, we we matched up with them to start
2: with, what? and which was trade the back, they trade the back, and um, they wing backs, we wing backs. They switched. I felt we probably need to switch because we're the inferior team in that situation. They switched the target, us get a hold of the game, and I just feel like Stephen hasn't done that in matches and again like obviously he's been a great coach he's been a great manager that's why he got the job he deserved it on merit or he was in favour of him getting it but it's these tiny little margins that I feel have counted against him and that's where the next manager whoever it is needs to be at that level where they can react quickly in game people say we don't have the players we don't really no. but also, we do need to have... That's where the manager needs to step in. I don't know if you agree with me, Alan. To be yeah, that I, yeah,
0: They're very fair points, Eric, I have to say. And, and that's where we've been caught out in the Greece game. And particularly on Sunday, you look at the change the Kuma made, the two substitutions, Vekor's coming on, changing the shape... Um, and Stephen spoke, I think, in the aftermath yeah. of the game that we were in the process of changing it when Veghorst scored. It's too late. To Way yeah, too late, yeah. He you know? had since it, time. It could be, exactly. And yeah. it could be a split second like that and they're having the chat along the line, himself yeah. and Keith, and we're what will we adjust and what will we do? Bang. It's a goal. It's one pass over. They're in behind McLean. Duffy's caught on his heels as Veghorst comes across him. And that's the difference. And another thing that summed it, it almost summed up Stephen's reign for me was the first goal, Eric. Because if you look at the first goal in the sense that, as Robbie said, we matched up against them and it was man-on-man man man, all over the pitch, which was great to see. That's real aggressive, brave, yeah. you know, especially when you're an inferior team. But we matched up, nicked a couple on the edge of the box, the mm. one where Ida, Ida lays it back should score. There was another one Brown yeah. nicked as well and he Ida played the pass to Ogbena. So we were, we were getting joy from it. But on the other hand, and that's it's the risk and reward of that approach, once you make one mistake, and the one mistake that Darty makes with that misplaced header, when you're not set up out of possession, then Eric, bang, there was wide gap open. Set wide open. Yeah. yeah, as soon as Gakpo picked that ball and he's running at the, I think it was the back three. McLean is ahead of the ball because he feels Darty's in possession. Dumfries has the run on him. Lovely little, a huge space to play into Dumfries is in, and that's where I feel just and and that you could you could say it's the approach, and it is the approach. You can also say then you can have that risk nature to you but when you lose the ball yeah. and we don't have the players like UC Man City or whoever playing like that and and they'll keep the ball for 80% and it might turn it over once or twice but they'll never get punished the way we get punished when we turn it over because we turn it over a lot because more because they know than, how to set themselves
1: exactly. up when they lose and, the ball even a
2: French match I'm sorry to cross it, but every time we lost the ball the, or the French lost the ball the few times they lost it they'd foul us Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fell.
1: So just street so
0: maybe
2: it's naivety I don't, know. Yeah I, I don't I,
0: know yeah I don't know was anyone in the position to even foul gap yeah. because he had so much space when he yeah. picks it up it's just a misplaced header and, and that's always I feel we have to work so hard to get our chances mm-hmm. whereas every time a team plays against us we concede so many chances yeah. even the one that went into Malin and he skips sk- yeah. skips by Egan and the space he has to run into and he's lightning quick and again that's that's the nature of Stephen being aggressive pushing up high but the gaps you know and that that's that's just the debate you can yeah. have about another manager will come in that'll see the game totally different and be nice and compact and be defensive where Steven sees it differently that he wants to go and attack and but ultimately if you're not scoring when you get those chances when you attack and how hard it is for us to score yeah. but we're conceding chances a lot and we concede how many goals yeah that's it. and that's
2: what sorry I found the biggest thing has always been as even said to you, it was in game management and a lot of the stuff we've been following now like that's that stat mentioned to you about scoring after half time the long range shots yeah. like they seem they're a pattern now they're, not, they're pattern. not just yeah. a one off
1: and every other manager who comes to play against Ireland mentions it he says we've noticed that they concede a the lot from outside the box so we'll be trying that and they have and they yeah. score <laughs> when we often speak here yeah. like in terms of I suppose the level of
0: coaching and data that's around now when you can reel off yeah. stats and information so everybody knows yeah. you know a weakness in the team yeah. or, or where they're being exploited and obviously as Robbie says those two stats in particular the goals from outside the box that can happen once it can happen twice when it starts happening seven or eight times it's a trend and the same with the the conceding after half time that's another trend
2: and you're a midfielder Alan I don't know I look at it as someone spectator watching it trying to report on it I just don't like that he went with two midfielders in all these matches I feel like we're not good enough now he'll tell you well Jason Knight drops in Mm. but I withdraw there There was just three bodies there just to stop people running off and it just never seems to happen and we're going to get people are going to say listen what more do you expect Lourdes football hasn't been reducing players that's a macro debate, that's the big debate we're talking about the tiny stuff mm-hmm. that unfortunately hasn't gone in Stephen's favour so we need to kind of separate those two I think
1: uh, the, You mentioned midfielders there Robbie, I mean I was, I was watching the game and uh, again I wouldn't be a coach in any way or a tactical genius except when I'm playing FIFA but um, I, I know like Josh Cullen okay for, for, for like he's been like, mainstay in Stephen Kenny's team the last couple of years, he's Burnley's player of the year Vincent Company loves him gave him a new contract but I was looking at him the other night and I was going what's he actually doing that I thought Alan Brown was much better than Josh Cullen the other night Mm, and he took off Brown and Mm. left Cullen on and the thing I liked about Brown was he did take chances and he got caught a couple of times But he didn't go hiding. He still wanted to play progressively. He still wanted Mm. to play the ball through the lines. He's more
2: tackles than every other Iron player combined.
0: In the two games, he did really well because you think he had to fill in wing-back and deal with Mbappe. And he did really well uh, in that game as well. So he's had a really good window, Alan Brown. Mm -hmm. But again, it goes back to the bigger debate. If you're relying on Alan Brown that's 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 had a career at Preston, you know that's that's a hard one, and that's not to be disrespectful to him. He's had a really good career at yeah. Preston, and he's been—I think—he's there coming yeah. up to nearly ten years, yeah. um, well-established championship player, like yeah. there's, club legend. They love yeah, him, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's no shame in that. But I'm just talking about when you go in against the elite yeah. teams, then. Yeah. Um, and the column one, yeah, I think the bigger picture in the midfield is that th- that's that's our problem area. You have. Our defenders, who obviously you have Collins, you have Ahmed um O'Shea. you have Daroche, O'Shea, you have lads there who you could say they can be a mainstay, playing at a decent level in the Premier League, very good, huge potential, that can only get better. Then you can look up top with even Eda, I thought did okay in the game. Yeah, I, did, I thought he yeah. was a good game. Uh, Ferguson, obviously, who we're talking about as a potential superstar, but it's that midfield area and, and it's almost workmanlike than yeah. anything else, Eric good lads honest lads give you everything even Knight I thought did well the other night and as Robbie said he'd run all day And even in terms of the application against France ran himself into the ground then he goes against Sunday and you mentioned it was a hot night as well and and there was no letting up with his energy and his endeavour but is he going to create a little chance for you is he going to get get on the half turn and slide the ball down the side is Weso retired
1: (laughs) is he he's your mate isn't he he's my mate is he retired he could still do a job. He could he still was, do a job. He was that good. He could still do a job.
0: But it and I just think that's a problem, area really as well. And then that and and you flip that to is that Stevens' issue? It's yeah. not Stephen's problem that that's the midfield he has to deal. but you no. know uh, you look at alternatives to the ones he played the other night Malumby Jamie McGrallick that's where we're at yeah. you know so so I always think with Stephen when you're having these chats there's nearly two conversations there's the manager and is he up to it kind of yeah. level debate and then there's the players he's dealing with and that's not his fault yeah. you know and that's a problem because then the first thing well you could have Klopp managing them would he be getting more out of them you know you could bring in an elite level manager so I always think there's two conversations but ultimately after three and a half years Eric and I was his biggest fan and I said this to you last week that if I'm sitting here next week and we've one point out of six or zero out of six and we're out of the campaign it boils down to results and he's had three and a half years of it and if we feel as though we're going into campaigns and we're out of it after four or five games and and Stephen is great, and this what lets him down as well. I think where he comes out afterwards, and he's he's accentuating the positives, but the positives being we finished third in the group with Serbia, we were never even in the group. No, so it's easy to say after, oh, we finished third behind them, but we were never second, and they overtook us and finished third. Yeah, you know yeah. that kind of way. The, yeah. And the, yeah, and that and and it's the same in this one. I feel, and it's a stick that's been used to beat him then as and well, and that's yeah, cost yeah. them. Like even yeah.
2: during night, you said we pressed brilliantly in the first half. I'm like, yeah, but the, the idea of the game is to win. Yeah. If you win General by pressing,
0: fair enough. Yeah, if he comes out after 90 <laughs> minutes and the reason we won two women is because we were aggressive yeah. in our press. But there's a second half where you weren't doing that yeah, and you took control of it, game.
2: And you look at the record, I think I mentioned to you, Eric and Alan, we've done it in June, like the average ranking of the teams we've beaten is nobody. Yeah. 121, the average ranking of the teams we've lost is 38. So we're losing the teams on our level, roughly, and we're only beating teams... Like whiles they're on the rank, and so it comes down to that. And if it's it's small margins, but on in-game in game management, the players obviously aren't up to that level. But the thing is, we can't change the players, but no. we can we can probably get a better manager.
0: And and I think as well, Eric. Like I sometimes it's hard. I I find the these conversations when yeah. he's still in the job like yeah. you know and, and it looks like obviously he will be gone but I think he'll be remembered fondly in the sense that the amount of players that he's brought he's through you know, and people will say well look it was that was needed anyway but he was still brave and given a lot of the younger ones I suppose uh, you could have easily like I think he's brought given 20 yeah. debuts you could have easily had a manager who might have given 10 he's been brave enough to throw them in at 18, 19 he gave another two
1: debuts later at the end uh, the t- too late th- in the match, match probably though yeah. I, well, five minutes ago I know yeah. but I remember looking across the line at the two Lads were coming on, Festy and uh, Sinclair. I was like, two absolute units coming on. It was, they were like I would have NFL no running backs. Right.
0: I mentioned that even we were over last year watching him uh, with QPR, and he'll, he'll be
1: a future centre forward, no yeah. problem with the Irish team. Um, it was actually a lovely moment to him. His, his post match interview was saying it was like, I know the defeat and all that, but. There was one shining light, it was his interview, his post match interview, and he was almost emotional. Yeah. He realised yeah. the dreams since he was Absolutely. a kid to play and make his and, full and, and That stuff I'm... is
0: lovely. And that's where I'm saying the likes of him and the others, the likes of Knight and Malumbi or whoever these lads, the next manager that will come in, they will have that kind of two yeah. years under their belt now, three years that Stephen brought them in. And unfortunately for Stephen, the next manager might reap the rewards of those, but mm-hmm. that's just the nature of football and timing and all those things. But I don't think he can have any complaints in the sense that he didn't get his chance, he didn't get his opportunities. He's had three and a half years, and we all pointed out the stuff in terms of the first couple of years, the COVID issues, the injuries, all the things we allowed for. Yeah. But now we're at the stage, Eric, where we just want to be in the group yeah. fighting.
1: Yeah. You know. And, well, I, as I said, I was there uh, at the Aviva on, uh, on Sunday evening, and after the game, I spoke to a few section of the Irish fans and asked them, for their opinions on the Irish performance in this group so far And Stephen Kenny's future as a whole So let's listen to some of them now I actually feel sick do You do?
3: Uh, yeah, I do feel sick like.
1: It's hard to watch sometimes like, They're very slow on the ball and stuff like, But, you know, I'm an Irish fan And I'll always back them Would you blame Stephen Kenny on that? No, no, I definitely wouldn't No, no I'd back Kenny all the way He's... Like, one of the best like, you know, Okay. My would, you, would you in my keep mind. him on then? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, keep him on. He's doing well. Like we played France, 18-0. Yeah. Yeah. One penalty kick away from winning the World Cup. Yeah. 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 Can't blame. Yeah, yeah. can You know, and arguably the best team in the world. Yeah. 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 One of the best teams. Yeah. Yeah. in the world And Netherlands yeah. aren't far off. And you know, uh, Argentina right. beat them. You know, in the, the World Cup. So no. you know, our best team, Jenny and the boys that they really tried hard there. Okay. So you keep him.
3: Yeah. I keep no bother. Thank you. I admire that. For me, personally,
2: probably. Yeah. Time to go. Like, it's been three years and it was lack all stuff for me. Yeah,
3: it's the end of Stephen Kenny, but maybe he's planted trees for other, other people to set the shade yeah, on, you know. More people I think it was a the Irish times last
1: week.
3: That's it. So, uh,
1: that, that's all I've got. Where is are you sir?
3: I like Stephen Kenny and I would uh, like to see him progress. I think he's been unlucky. He's been up in a particularly hard route. And uh, have a lot of time for what what he's done, promoting a lot of new players and uh, bringing this band of players forward to try and play football. They've been unlucky.
1: What do you say to people who say you know, but it's a results business?
3: Uh, good luck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's time to go. It's time to go. Yeah, I mean, we we'll be beaten Gibraltar. Yeah, you know,
2: that's the only team Five matches. Nah. Yeah, need someone new. He's not the man. He's,
1: look, he's blooded the players, but uh something else to bring him on. So be the next manager who probably benefit from all that. Oh totally, hundred yeah, percent. He's yeah. not he's he not the great man to
3: look forward. He can't blame Stephen Kenny for losing
0: there tonight. It'd be like the games what that could he should have won. It's the games that
3: he should have won that he, yeah. he'd get sacked for it like, not be for tonight, yeah. like it wouldn't be for tonight. So the like, wins against
1: the Dutch and the French are always bonuses. Oh yeah. like Yeah, but it's beat the likes of Greece and Greece. Gibraltar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Greece yeah.
3: and Gibraltar, like we don't actually put in the performances against them teams where we should, but we put in the performances against France.
1: And so there we have it, lads. Uh, I suppose it's a it's a mixture of views. Some fans are, you know, they, they I think like yourself and yourself, Alan Robbie, we we championed Stephen Kenny for the job, and a lot of people they, they, there's, there's there's an element of sympathy for him. Um, but as you say, it's results business. And at the end of the day, after three and a half years, you can't just keep using excuses all the time. Um, I feel, like yourself, Al, I feel really sad for the man. I've met Stephen a few times. He's a lovely gentleman. I think, you know, his, his on-screen persona, post-match interviews, his press conferences, he, he, he lacks something. He, he, he's He's quite a... It gives every question a lot of considered thought, and that leaves to these pregnant pauses. And people see that as a sign of weakness or whatever. It he doesn't help himself, basically, you know. And maybe I don't know. At his age, could he do with some media training or what? do You think? Well, of I think helpful?
2: sometimes he went out there, lamb to the slaughter. To be honest, like that's just from outside looking in. Because when you look at Stephen in written form, he used to write his program notes with Dundalk. He'd be brilliant. Like the guy's super intelligent, but mm-hmm. that hasn't maybe that hasn't helped him. It hasn't been the decisive factor, but definitely hasn't helped him. I don't think.
1: I think with the... Also, when we're looking at the... You mentioned two chances that You know, when we broke up play and uh, this is where I see... This is another thing where I see uh, Stephen Kenny is lacking in a bit of luck. Ida gets the ball and twice he lays it to Ogbeni. Evan Ferguson gets on that ball. Mm. He's not looking for Ogbeni. He's having a strike. Mm. And you're going... If and only buts I know it's all if and buts but I'm just thinking if M. Fragas is playing down on Sunday you know, he's getting at least a goal against the Dutch
0: Yeah and again that's been such an unfortunate tale of yeah. Stevens' kind of reign is that the injured players and and the, the best players and this is the week where look at the hype we haven't seen hype around a, a kid in Irish football since Robbie Keane broke on the scene I'm sure 18, 19 years of age this is a lad scoring a hat-trick in the Premier League and we're coming into the double-header thinking wow this is going to be amazing you know to see uh, the the excitement around this kid and what can he do and and can he salvage something for Stephen and can he be our saviour and all these kind of phrases you you want to put on it and then we find out on the Monday of the week he's injured and he's not playing so again I'm sure Stephen was saying here we go again but ultimately Eric as I say when the dust settles and Steven sits back and I'm sure he will over time and, and like all managers they think could I have done this could I have done that I could have been a bit supported there I could like they have all these views like we all have when you look back and things but I think if he's honest with himself and he say look I've had three and a half yeah. years at it you have to be realistic and honest as well Um and, and and that's what it boils down to. It's elite level sport. You know what I mean? You're managing the national team. He knew it was the biggest job in the world. And, and sometimes I think that's why as well people wanted him. Because I don't think we've had a manager since probably Brian that cares so much about Irish yeah, football and yeah. wants to do so well and as you said in the press conference, wears his heart on his sleeve and you get that feeling like if every he, he's nearly trying too hard if yeah. someone wanted if, if we ever wanted anyone to achieve anything for the na- national team yeah. bar Brian back in the day when we were Brian managing and I love Brian now it's and You want them to do so well Brian doesn't love Steven though, does he? <laughs> but I think to be fair Brian spoke there Over the weekend yeah. And I think he was very honest And fair in his reflections as well And he's kind of Echoing what we're saying That he's had his Three and a half years mm-hmm. Like what more do you want Like you know In terms of chances And support And I always felt as well Even at the start When we used to speak about I suppose The yearly defeats Or, or criticisms That it was always going to take A long time To turn the thing, turn things around whether I thought it was going to be four or five years. Maybe I did, I don't know. But but I just think after four years with the same manager hearing the same things, seeing the same things, it's probably time for change. That's
2: where he got caught, Eric, I think, as well. Because he said, this was the campaign. This was the one where the players were mature. We'd have a couple of years together. The COVID issues that were happening, the first campaign wouldn't be there. And he, we could, on the face, if he could turn around and go, Jesus, that's really unlucky to get France and Holland. But people need to remember, we're in that group because we lost last year to Armenia and Scotland and Ukraine so we lost the teams on our level so our seeding goes down and we get put in a bad group mm. so that the that and that bad Nations
0: luck. League as well with those teams he yeah. said we were going to top that yeah. or we were aiming to top the group now the, all the managers will say we're, we're trying to do this we're trying to do that but he was bullish yeah
2: and ultimately yeah. we finished third against the players or teams of our level yeah. So
1: when it I look comes to at Scotland and look how well they're doing. We gave it to them yeah. three yeah. nil. Keep him on. It was his
2: Sorry. best performance. <laughs> yeah. so he was, he was yeah. there. they were great. But it, ultimately, he hasn't been able to beat anyone ranked higher than him. He's losing the teams ranked on the same level, and we're struggling even against the teams ranked below us. So there's it's, only one conclusion, unfortunately. I know he was. I er, was back in 2018. Was covering the Ireland matches, losing the will to live when the previous manager was yeah. there. I wanted Steve and I wrote about it. I, I took on anyone who said that League of Ireland manager shouldn't be. I was like, look at his record in Europe. The guy he speaks brilliantly about Irish football. I still think he has a great role to play. He was, I loved watching Under Twenty 21s team but mm-hmm. it's that... Gap that next step to the elite yeah. level, that and as you say,
1: that that in-game in my reaction mind,
2: that like Gus Poyet it is Ronald Koeman, they're not the best managers in the world, but maybe just by coaching at Premier League level or in your experience, just experience, experience all, going it's two little, two or three little changes, and obviously having the players, and maybe Evan Ferguson would have scored that goal during the night, but maybe the Dutch would have found a way to get another goal, you know, that way. Yeah. So where where were we at this, like...
1: So who's next, like, I mean, if that's... The kid, like, I mean, it looks like it is coming to the end of Stephen Kenny's tenure, very sadly, um, and uh, I've no doubt he will have offers after this anyway, regardless of uh, yeah, how Yeah, it'll, it
0: it'll be interesting to
1: see what he does or where yeah. he goes,
0: yeah. Eric, you know, because would there be clubs in England interested in him? I'm sure he wants to carry on. He's a young man. He's still lots of energy and yeah. uh, plenty to give, plenty to offer, I can't see him going back to League of Ireland no. after managing the
2: national no? team. No, Rovers okay.
1: maybe in a couple of years. Oh, he had a bad time there yeah. the last time, didn't he? Chance you? to rejoin, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You
2: guys would know more than me. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, like I've been kind of thinking about this most of the week. What will he do? Where would he go? You know, um, will be interesting to see his, his, his next steps or his next moves. And then could you say he he could have a role in the game here in terms of putting back in the twenty ones.
2: He, I don't think you can go he for He wouldn't go for that, but he was excellent in that job. Yeah. And he played brilliant football against teams Or I remember he beat Sweden 4-1. And I was like, this is this
1: is brilliant. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Put him in now. Yeah. Um, so who, who's out there, lads? I mean, is it an attractive job for potential coaches out there? You hear names being bandied about, like Lee Carsley. Um, I even heard Damien Duff being mentioned there recently. Um, like, is an attractive job for coaches out there? I suppose... Wh- you know, with Evan Ferguson. The, this is the Ferguson era now. Let's be honest, three. Mm. He's um, it's it's mad that we're pinning our hopes on an eighteen-year-old, but he's that good, and he's made such an impact. And he, 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 what was a share writing about him in the Athletic? Oh my God, the him. most Every glowing
2: tribute. Attribute. And I'm like, don't jinx it, stop. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're mad much. about him.
1: And it's, he's mad about him. He's yeah, like, yeah. this fella has everything that you need to be a top-grade centre. And even the Zerbi said he could become the best striker in Europe. I
0: think like, the li- what was the what line? The hell? What was the line? Share says, "What do I love? What do I like about him?
1: Everything." <laughs> Everything yeah, 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 yeah. which is great, you know. Um, so what? I'm, what? What? I'm going to say then, lads, is it an attractive? Would managers be looking at Ireland, going, "Well, okay, they're a bang average team, but they've got this sensational striker who could carry them the way, say, Gareth Bale has carried Wales." over the last but few before years. Before Ireland comes
2: in, like, it's definitely an attractive job. You're paid well. You think so, yeah. You could live in London, You get to go to all Premier League matches, come over here, like, work with a very committed squad. Like, mm. like you can't, no one can question. That's not a patronising comment. The guys are super committed. They love yeah. playing for Ireland. And then you have a future Ballon d'Or winner. <laughs> yeah, 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 So, yeah, it is attractive. Anyone that thinks it isn't, we need to have a bit more confidence in ourselves. Like, of course mm-hmm. it's attractive. Like, and a couple of good campaigns, we could be like Scotland, getting back to tournaments so yeah you need to get out of that mindset and also the mindset of there's no one else out there football is the most popular sport in the world there is a coach out there there's someone out there for there everyone. is a coach <laughs> there is, there's
0: managers everywhere and they're desperate for jobs all yeah. over the place Eric so there's no problem filling the, filling the, filling the, the role it's just I suppose you go from as Rob said there that he was losing the will to live watching the likes of O'Neill or Trapatoni and I was something yeah. similar you don't want to go back to that kind of stuff but you'd like to think we've moved it on a bit now where you would yeah. get a young aspiring progressive coach and I think that's what you see out there now with a lot of the coaches that's not being kind of uh, disrespectful to maybe some senior or older men I'm sure there's plenty that, that will offer plenty but you do see a lot more of that now in the game so I think it's, it's an important appointment for the FEI to try and get right as is all the appointments no matter who you're yeah. kind of uh, given a job to I think it's important that you get the right man but there is someone out there and I think the, would the, you have any names off the top the of your front head runner up? at the moment is Lee Carsley but again my argument to that is if you're managing the under 21s doing a brilliant job after winning the Euros under 21 would you come over here? Now, I suppose the, the big draw for him is that he played here and played international football I'm over, very proud. over 40 caps. So yeah. I'm sure that's a massive draw for him to manage your national team. Yeah. I don't think it gets any bigger or better than that. So I'm sure he's sitting at home thinking, like, it's 50-50 what I do here. It's not like 90-10 or 70-30. I'm sure he's in a position where I have a big decision to make here. Because by all accounts, he's the front runner and and, and he's the main man that they want. Even you mentioned earlier, you go down the pecking order. Like I think Damien Duff is in the mix because of the career that he's had as a player, as stature, all that kind of stuff. Is it too early because he's only managed in the League of Ireland? That's what people will argue. Um, but he was coaching at Celtic as well. So and be- the Irish set But because of the career that he's had and he's, and, he's, and he's so yeah. driven in terms of what he wants to do as a manager... He is in the five or six. And then I suppose what you have to bring in in realistic terms is the budget that we have to offer. So I don't think we're getting any elite names, but there is maybe a bracket there for the finances that we're paying that you would get someone. Who did I see on a list yesterday? Um, And I actually, I took a second glance at it because if you think of the job he did, I'm going to mention his name now, but if you think of the job he did at the club where he was real successful and did very well, it's something similar to the crop that we have Chris Wilder at Sheffield United did a brilliant job uh, in getting them promoted and obviously staying in the Premier League. You think of the overlap and center halves yeah. and all that kind of aggressive stuff that he was doing when he came in. So would he fit the mold in terms of the finances that we have? I don't know. I'm just throwing names yeah. out there um, because we're not going to get any of the elite level fellas, yeah. I suppose. You know? My we're, concerns yeah.
2: with Carsley is it's another Steven situation. Excellent at under twenty one level, but with probably one of the best crop of players in Europe like their 21s would probably be our senior oh, the team it it would, yeah. the yeah. so like is you have incredible. to take that's totally. a caveat in that yeah. now that's not we had Ian Hart in here with a few other people who speak rave about cars He say he's a top level coach Not that's not me questioning that it's just it's for this job same with Duffer like Duffer apparently is a brilliant coach like we not just we can see that with Shelburne but when I hear the story about when he was at Celtic like the players absolutely loved him, loved him thought he was brilliant but again it's is it too soon for him so like the there's See? someone out there. I don't know who it is, but I'm gonna throw one into you, Alan. That we were chatting about. We we're throwing names. out. I mentioned like Kieran McKenna, the Ipswich yeah. coach. Like, there's a progressive coach doing well. But again, it could be too soon. But um, one of the lads I work with, I was like, "Ask Alan about Roy Keane." <laughs> well, I love. Like, I would absolutely <laughs> love
0: Roy Keane as I'd, manager. I I have Roy Keane running this podcast. <laughs> 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 That'd be me over Joe. <laughs>
2: I love Roy Yeah
0: yeah, We don't know Eric Until they're given the job So we can talk And speculate And say well he's not up to it And he won't do this And he won't do that It's too young for him Like everybody was debating Is Stephen the right man For the job Ultimately he was given it And now we're kind of Seeing what he done And and debating it And discussing it And reviewing it So you can throw All the names you want out there I think those five or six That we mentioned Are the ones that people Are looking at at the moment But if you're throwing Roy into the mix He's always spoken about wanting to get back into the management. I don't think he's going to go back in a club level. Maybe he he shied away a little bit from the club management stuff because things are going so well in the punditry role for him now that he's probably thinking maybe I don't want to go back into that. You won't know until you ask him. But I'm sure if someone gave him a phone call from the FBI and says we want to talk to you about managing the national team, I'm sure he would entertain that conversation, 100%. his thing, and with, so because sorry, it's thing not with him
2: is big, sorry, gosh, it's that he would need a assistant manager with him, a top-level yeah. coach, because people criticise Keane for how he speaks on Punditry, which is nonsense. The guy... Knows football inside out, but he may not articulate it the way a modern, more yeah, a modern person does. Because he doesn't right? yeah. have the modern buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. but look, like he he has an idea of play. He would have a set of standards. And this stuff does matter. These aren't buzzwords. But then he needs a coach to put a framework on that. And Stephen Gerrard last year was kind of similar. When Gerrard was doing well at Rangers and a little early days of Villa before it fell apart, the guy Michael Beale got a lot of credit because mm. this Beale guy is meant to be. Now he's not doing very well as a mm. manager. But that shows it's a different job. He was praised as this guy. Jared said that would take me 10 years to be as good as Beale. he
0: was coaching. effectively the brains behind yeah, it so
2: if Keane as a figurehead with a coach could it work but possibly I don't know but the FAI cannot rule anyone out but I do think you need to move away from the personality type way of going oh Big Sam he's out of work get him or yeah. Chris Shewitt he's Irish get him in no you get with someone what attributes are you looking for what do you want from this manager is it pressing football is it um, direct football which way do you want this team to play and which what are we hoping to achieve here It can't just be your man's out of work get him in So, so Roy, as you say there Roy's is so much mix. data out there you can yeah. do a little search almost on listen, football management Roy's been it. ran down but like, he did a good job at Sunland a long time ago but with the right coach and him mellowed pff, who knows mm. I'd, I'd pay to watch it anyway Oh
1: yeah listen, <laughs> yeah, and, and,
0: and that's the thing as well that would be my only fear if, if he was to get it that It'd be like the publicity side of things. Yeah. You know, is it just because of his name and all? And I wouldn't want that. And I no. don't think he would want that. He would want to be given the job basically that you're you're the man we see fit for the job to bring us forward and he would want to come in with that attitude as well. He's obviously the biggest name we've ever had over here, I think. Like you go back to John Giles' name Brady, you can debate all them. But to me he's the biggest and the best we've ever had. So you don't want that kind of star-studded figure just because he's Roy Keane managing the national team. Like, it has to be for the right reasons both on both sides. Mm. So if he was to ever get it, I, I, think he, I really do think, Eric, he would entertain the idea. Yeah,
2: and
1: whether he take it, I don't know, but he would definitely have a conversation. I think, as you mentioned there a few minutes ago, um, he he's probably less inclined to go into club management unless it's a ridiculous offer and a big job because of his uh, his, his commitment to Sky. Whereas the international job would allow him to perhaps continue that. Mm. You know, um, do you think he's kind of mellowed enough now a little bit to to be the head of the Irish team?
0: Why do you have to mellow? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, I suppose.
1: I suppose when it, when it comes to press conferences and all that, he's you know notoriously reactive and grumpy, and you know we all look at the remember that, that famous is whose phone is that? You know, <laughs> in, yeah, I think
0: see. I think to be fair, his work around. Uh, Sky and seeing and, and and even though it probably infuriates the life out of him the way the modern game he's had to just accept that he's the way adapted it's hasn't yeah he has yeah. and even maybe being around the likes of Gary Neville and Carragher and all and I'm sure off camera they're sitting having debates and it's, he's probably giving out stink about maybe the way the game has gone ultimately he comes to a a, a conclusion that this is the way it is or yeah. they're telling him that he's seeing that Um 'cause He's a clever guy as well He's, yeah. he, You know So I'm sure he understands The way it's gone So maybe in terms of When you say mellow, I think a lot of the stuff Used to be labelled at him that In the dressing room He'd be like Going, going haywire at yeah. people You know And that was his nature And as a player And a bit volatile Maybe But I still think You need a bit of that okay. You definitely need a bit of that It's been too nice 100% I think it's been too nice Alan. And that's
2: the thing With Stephen
0: as well yeah. Like I looked at the game The other night Even uh, the Netherlands When we when, when we used to And I'm not saying Go back to this way but there was always a bit of rough and tumble and get stuck in and in amongst them. That's what we're good at. and That's yeah. what we've yeah. always been good at. Yeah. And you need to, if you're an inferior team playing against a superior team, you need to ruffle them up or do things. Or yeah. Rob was sitting there about fouling them when they're on the break. These kind of things that you need to do that, that will get your results. We almost say, look at the stadium, it's beautiful. Look at the crowd. They'll welcome you in. Look at the pitch, it's amazing. Yeah. You play your football, we'll play our football and we'll see who wins. Yeah. And
2: That's after not going to get you anywhere either. And after you know? we'll talk about how we intended to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just, isn't. So
0: I always think With Stephen's approach and I'm not harping back To Stephen But there has to be A middle ground It's alright saying We're going to play like this And we're going to do this That's fine But when you're out of possession We need to get back To being yeah. compact And tight And disciplined And getting stuck in Doing all those things and, and there has to be It can't just be It's this way And that way Can't be just black and white No and there has to be A mix between your approaches That when you're in possession Fair enough Go and play And create the chance And express yourself And all the things That Stephen wants you to do But as soon as we lose the ball As I said to you As soon as Matt Darty Gave the ball away I'm going trouble Yeah
1: yeah yeah. Trouble We were wide open Gaps everywhere Yeah Uh, So Roy Keane Is next manager With Michael Richards As assistant (laughs) I that. That'd that be some ticket, wouldn't it? <laughs> Mike just there to provide the laughs and, uh, and the laughs. But come here, there was, there was a, there's been a debate recently about Roy Keane himself as a footballer and how much he would be worth today in today's market. And some people were saying, you know, at least 100 million, 150 million. And a lot of people, I would say, a lot of revisionists, people guilty of revisionism were like, no way was would he be worth that money. And I'm here to say... If he was in today's, Mark, I'd be paying 200 million for Roy Keane. He was that good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I know I'm preaching to the converted here, but still, Uh, talk to me about Roy Keane in his pomp as a centre midfield, captain of Manchester United, captain of the Republic of Ireland for most of the time and uh, and the impact he had on the modern game this irritates the life out of me yeah. these debates and discussions not with
0: you Eric. I'll have them all day with you <laughs> I'm on about the stuff you, when you, you see them talking about uh, the, the best 10 yeah. Premier League players and others and to have Gerard ahead of him and Lampard and these fellas or whatever. Keane was the best bar none bar none Eric. and when I was over there even in England you go back years ago and I was a United fan but I loved Roy Keane but the, the bit that irritates me people only see Keane as the tough tackling midfielder he was one of the best passers of a ball that you'll ever see. And I'm not saying spraying balls 40, 50 yards. Scholes is the man for that. But if you look at penetrative passes between lines into forwards feet, always looking forward, one to touch him in that regard. And if you go back to a couple of debates that used to be great on Monday Night Football, they used to bring on um, ex-players. Or, and a lot of the time, there was two or three United players. Fletcher, Darren Fletcher came on one night, spoke so well about the game. Absolutely brilliant. Asked about Roy Keane. The praise, lavish praise, and not not about tackling and tough stuff. And he did all that. He was amazing at that and protecting the back four and being driven and the uh, the influential captain. But the football side of things, Eric, about his passing and dry, and 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 this is the thing. You look at midfielders now, and you're mentioning Cullen, and it's backwards and sidewards and and nothing. Pa- Malumbi's the worst for it. I watch Malumbi against France, you know, and maybe it's his limitations, but it's just win the ball and pass it to the centre half, pass it to the right full. Never looks forward. Never drilling the ball into every. Ferguson's feet or Ida he the first thing Keane would always do Van Nistelrooy bang yeah. I remember Clinton Morrison I know we're going to talk to Clinton on the show I remember chatting to Clinton Morrison about this and Roy was, was back in the fold and Clinton was a bit like fucking Roy like, <laughs> this is, you know the way you would be like yeah. a giddy school child yeah. literally yeah. like this is the best midfielder in the Premier League and he's back and I'm playing alongside him and Clinton was that real infectious character loved it you know and uh, next thing in training bang fired a pass into him balls bouncing off Clinton over like to the to the centre half <laughs> oh, and Roy just gave him the stare as much as if you can't control that ball not getting the ball off him. exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, Boy, yeah. he'd be fired yeah. into Teddy Sheridan yeah. Solskjaer Van Nistrooy all the great players over the years and that's what you're firing it in Eric it's not a little trickly pass firing it in because you're breaking lines and that's what he was amazing at and that's where I don't think he gets the respect he deserves because people only talk about that he was tough and tackling yeah. and, and running around the pitch getting stuck into. People believe me. Andy Cole was another one that was on Monday Night Football. You speak to any players that played with him? Unbelievable passer of the ball as well.
2: I actually have a piece from 2018 on that exact thing, saying Roy Keane's like so underrated his passing. Loads of clips of his passing. I actually remember his sister retweeted, and I was thinking, Jesus, because Keane doesn't get talked about. like Keane's sister? Yeah, I retweeted because it was like around the time of the World Cup, and Keane was probably getting slated for what he's saying on punditry. But no one actually talks about how good of a football he was. Con- like. Control
0: games, or dictate the pace of a game. Yeah. Playing in the best team. Like, you look at that team he played in. The all, the te- all the yeah. teams. But you look at Scholes, Beckham and Giggs and him. That's the best four that you're ever going to see <laughs> yeah. in yeah. the yeah.
2: field. And i like, see yeah. stuff like I was putting in that. Like, you'd say, he played 80 Champions League matches and he only, was only a sub for one. So all the rest of the lads are rotated. Roy wow. was never rotated.
0: You know the saddest thing For me about Roy Keane And I tweeted this Because I watched The Ricky Hatton documentary The fact that They've fallen out yeah, I want them to make up so yeah, much. Yeah, like, it almost seems wrong, and I know that the, they're so driven and demented in in their approach. And they had the big fallout, and I saw Rio Ferdinand was talking about this yesterday about yeah. the time it happened and the fallout. But I'd love to just walk down to the coffee shop and see Alex and and Roy sitting. Give the them coffee. a
2: couple of million and put them on Sky. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, just,
0: it almost seems I think, wrong.
1: I think it has mellowed a little, but I think he's. I think Keane's like. I think what what I've noticed about Keane and his particularly his punditry over the last couple of years is that. He's warmed, he's, he puts his flag with Manchester United now. He he doesn't hide the fact that he wants Manchester United to do well. Mm. And that's wh- why he's probably often so, the most critical of them, because he, he cares for them. And even now, when he talks about Ferguson, he calls him the manager. So when the manager said to me, he doesn't it's bit, say... It's a bit Syratic. tongue-in-cheek, yeah. Is it, is yeah, it a bit tongue-in-cheek, reckon? Think so. yeah. I reckon? I so. I don't not, know
0: yeah. if it's, I don't know, Eric. It's, it's still, they're so... They're just so unique in how, like, driven. I don't know. If, Most stubborn men. Yeah, they don't want to, to, yeah. to even give an inch. Yeah. And, and it's going to take... So I, I always thought, like, say he's very friendly with Gary Neville and Butt and those lads, obviously, and you see him at the Salford matches and all. I always thought at some point the likes of them would get them together. Like, you'd like to think Neville <laughs> would organise a dinner and there's Alex and there's Roy. And say, Look, lads, will you wise up after all the stuff they've been through? Because as much as I rave about Roy Keane and how much I love him it was the same for Ferguson I was so mad about Ferguson and still am mm-hmm. and you look at his documentary absolutely phenomenal yeah. about him growing up and what he achieved and everything even at Aberdeen oh, what he achieved like, at Aberdeen yeah. com- that doesn't get talked about he enough. should be remembered for that never yeah. mind the United stuff yeah. Yeah. so so when you look at Keane class. it's just um, just incredible like and.
1: And for the younger listeners out there, can we just remind them? What I would, actually, did?
2: yeah, my sorry, my nephew was asking you the other day we driving going for a game of golf, and he was asking me about Keane because he sees all the clips of skulls and that. It was a like, Keane's better than all of them. Oh, skulls, <laughs> <100%. laughs> <It's> unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable player. talent. Yeah. But In if you pick a player, kind of, yeah. yeah. But
1: it's, uh, Scholes skulls has even been on record saying, yeah, he says, you know, he scored a lot of goals and I, I you know, was revered as this midfielder. But he says, but he wouldn't have been able to do half of those things if Roy Keane wasn't beside me. And
0: it's go- it's so you're so right to bring that point up, Eric, because nowadays. Every midfielder is pigeonholed as you're a six, you're an eight, yeah. you're a defensive midfielder, you're an attacking midfielder. Keenan and Scholes sat as a two against the best teams in Europe and he'll sit, you go and express yourself, or vice versa, if Keen breaks into the box, I'll, do, I'll mop up here for you. Yeah. And they went up against everybody as a two, no problem. Now you hear, even we, I'm doing the 21s later, You look, Rob mentioned the point, why didn't Stephen play a three and we had three in there. All the debates and discussions, you can't play them as a two. Keane and Scholes not a bother. Work. and and that was the old way. Yeah. And you were on about there, I suppose, how this discussion started was um, people saying, "Would he be worth? The would you have him ahead of Casado or Enzo Fernandez?" Well, look at this. Rice is a hundred
2: percent. Rice, well, Rice is hundred five million. Well, there, would you have he- him ahead of him? He, he can't play the forward passes Keane used to play No, like Ryan Rooney be like he's the best passer yeah, to that's, that's, that's yeah, play the ball every single thing. Wayne Rooney
1: said Roy Keane was the best passer he, he ever played
2: to, with because he's passing the ball onto his feet yeah. every time it's what a striker wants like. yeah. but
1: always
0: looking forward Eric always yeah. the, the weight of pass mm-hmm. that's something as well you look at kids now and young fellas and it's, it's a little trickly ball Dr- every pass drilled in yeah. because you're trying, to, you're trying to put it through two midfielders or if it's the, over this side, the right side midfielder and the the, cent- the right side centre midfielder here drilling a true fella, so it can't be a trickly one. It'll get cut out. And then for the great players that he was playing with, they didn't want the trickly ones. No, they want they, they want team the drilled. Yeah, First exactly. touch should be good. Exactly, yeah, and they're in on go. goal. So that's why the li- and I and Rooney is probably one of the best I've ever seen live. Yeah. Rooney was absolutely. I didn't realise how good he was until I saw him live. I saw Rooney as a kid at thirteen years of age. He could have been twelve. We were in Leeds. And at the weekends, all the English lads or Scottish lads used to go home because it'd be only two or three drive up, uh, hours up the road or whatever. But the Irish lads used to stay for weekends. And on Sunday mornings, there was the academy games. So we used to have to help out either referee the under 11s or do the linesman for the under 13s, whatever the games were. And you'd be allocated a pitch. And that was fine. So I remember doing this game one day, minding my own business, doing the line. And there was the few parents along the side here beside me. So I got chatting to them, typical, and a few scouts people and... Um, so chatting away, how's things? How are you getting on? Is your young lad playing? All the usual questions. So this fella, I'll never forget it. This fella says to me, he says, see that boy out there at number nine? And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. He said, see him. He says, remember his name. And I says, well, what's his name? Wayne Rooney, right? <laughs> he says, remember the name. What's that? And I always looked. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was dad. Right, I always, sorry. from then on, and the young fella was just out, out of this world. Even at that age? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then I went to... Um, Watch United It was United Villa A few years back And I'd never seen him Play live for United And I was just I remember coming in a half, a half time Didn't even take to the end of the match Come in at half time My mate was with me And I said well, What about this Rooney fella Oh. and you hear you often hear the phrase in football everybody they couldn't get near him you'd always hear that phrase we couldn't get near him and he kind of well, I'm sure you could get near him he's beside you they literally and this was Villa with Gareth Barry in midfield really good players they literally couldn't lay a glove on him mm. he was phenomenal I have a
1: nice little Wayne Rooney story as well in that uh, my, my young Alex I brought him to his first man United match and obviously Wayne Rooney was the big star and he wanted to see Rooney and uh, they were playing Stoke at Old Trafford got great seats uh, and uh, Stoke went one and looked to a Wayne Rooney own goal, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> he gets. I said he gets better, Alex. Watch this, <laughs> and he went on score two. I think United you know, won four two in the end, kind of thing. Like, but uh, anyway, he good? ah oh, he was he was phenomenal, like Best. phenomenal, like he's just a beast around the pitch. But like we're just tailing off on the on the Roy Keane debate. Robbie, yourself, you, would you put a price tag on Roy Keane today? Oh, well, if,
2: as I said, if Rice is going for one hundred five million, he's a great player. I really like Rice, but Keane had that extra dimension of brilliant forward passer and um, just absolutely amazing player you know he wouldn't have won half of what he won without him and it's almost his personality becomes so big that we just remember the the tough tackles and the anecdotes but as a footballer
0: just see that's the thing as well sorry at the last word that's the thing as well it's, it's the package of what he brings so All the stuff on the pitch and and as Rob says but it's what he's doing in the dressing room as the captain and the leader like Ferdinand mentioned something yesterday even when he was doing the little snippet I saw about the, the incident but he says he says this was our like this was our God. He mm-hmm. says we when things were going wrong we used to go, Roy, what, what, what? yeah, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. 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 And he only got this away. is Rio Ferdinand saying this. Yeah. Rio Ferdinand, one of the best centre halves to ever play in England. And he only
2: <laughs> gets away, sorry, with the with the stuff being aggressive like that because he, he's so good. Like, yeah, like um, Luke Chadwick wasn't going around slating people. Like, <laughs> Roy gets away because he's the best footballer there. Like, so that's that's what it was, and he is underrated. And who knows, maybe I will argue till
0: the cows come home. There was no one to touch him. Nobody. And I'll debate all day long with them. See that Premier League and they go, I know they go on Henry, fair enough an attacking player and scored all the great goals. Keane, there's no one to touch Keane.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with you there Al. From one Irish superstar to another Irish superstar we had a chat with Clinton Morrison who was speaking as one of the judges for Skybet's Real Football Number no. Ones campaign looking for the heroes who weren't always on the pitch but are constantly making a difference to the beautiful game, Clinton. Let's
3: have you. I've got so much admiration and love for Roy I was kind of like the annoying little brother, to be fair, when I was in the Ireland squad because I would always ask him questions because I like Roy. I thought Roy is a top player, and sometimes I probably asked too many questions and probably annoyed him, and he probably told me at the best of times. But he was a person who I looked up to. As the first day I went to the squad and I saw him coming on the training pitch, I'm like, this guy is a legend at Man United. He's come with his shorts are really high. He's got his socks up to his knees and he's got the the Diodora boots. So I was like, he's not going to be that good. And then the first pass and the first tackle, I thought, amazing play. He, I've always said it and I say it to a lot of people. He's the one who said to me, train how you play. You can't, the players can't just turn it on like that in matches. You have to train how you play. And when we used to have 11 v 11s against the 21s, he used to be smashing people and Led by example. But now nah, I got on route really well with Reiki. And I've got so much admiration and love for Reiki. They shouldn't just remember him as a tough tackling. He had much more in his lo- locker. He was he could play. He was one of the best I've seen, ping a pass like them daisy cutters are cool. And he could score goals. He could do everything. He was the complete midfielder. I don't no, nah, I don't think he's underrated. I think people people appreciate him how he how he is. And you have to appreciate him because. He was the complete midfielder and he was the captain of one of the best. If not, it was the best team at the world at that time. Man United were the best team and he was the captain, the leader and led by examples. And he told other big players in the team, if they weren't doing it, he told them. So for me, he'll go down as a Premier League great in one of the best midfielders to play, ever play in a Premier League without a shadow of a doubt. For me, Roy Keane is box office. He's unbelievable, Roy Keane. And... He just tells you how it is. He don't care what it is. He has fun with it. He can have a laugh and he can be serious. And when you've won things like him, if he tells you you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And that's how you got to be. So yeah, but that's it. That's it, basically. There is some top pundits and they're probably the ones I would say are flying at the moment.
1: Clinton Morrison, echoing our sentiments there, lads. And can we just say, we didn't hear that beforehand. <laughs> so yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But it just goes to show, Eric, in yeah. terms of the fact that uh, they speak so glowingly of him. And I yeah. could only imagine, like, if you were to speak to every player that played Roy Keane and against him, they'd all say that.
1: It's actually, when uh, we mentioned uh, uh, Clinton said, Roy said, train as you play. Um, there was a, I read a comment from Gig Ryan Giggs was being interviewed the other day and he was talking about the current malaise at Man United, and the, it, this, he was talking about Sancho, basically, and his lack of effort in training, and Giggs couldn't understand this. He said, "He said when I was in that United squad, he said, often our training sessions were much harder than the matches we yeah. played at the weekend, because there was just this level of intensity, and everyone knew that they had to put the work in on the training ground in order to be this, this, this behemoth of the game when they come out at the weekend, and uh, that kind of alludes to what he just said there. Yeah, and
0: I'm sure that's the stuff that frustrates Roy Keane when he looks at them now because the Mm. standards that they were setting, and and obviously Ferguson was driving it as the manager, but as soon as they got on the pitch, he was driving it every day of the week in training, not letting up, Mm. not letting anyone away with anything. Um, And that's what I'm saying about It's not just the the on-the-pitch stuff, Eric, in terms of the package and the price tag. It's all that that he brings with him, setting standards. That's something I look at the game now and you think, where's the standards at with some of them? And the likes of him, Sancho and all, and not training properly and if you're at Man United like you'll never have a better opportunity to play ever the best team like one of the best biggest clubs in the world and if and if, if you're being let down by the fact that you're not training hard fair enough you're not getting picked by the manager and you're playing greater and that's just the manager's decision but if you're being left out of the team because you're not running round enough and training the, the, the bare minimum
2: yeah you know, and that goes back to Roy we are talking about being a manager it's that standards he set as a player and those standards he set himself and others I think that's where he maybe is fell down as a manager because it's hard he was expecting from, that maybe it's hard for him to articulate that to anyone else because he had such standards that were kind of innate to him like the whole story about him getting spotted and picked up was because I think it was Stephen Kenny actually played in the match they were playing over on Sundrive and Crumlin and Keane just kept running but Cove Rambers locked 6-0 and the Forest Scout was like I like the look of this guy Yeah. so he had those standards no matter what and maybe as a manager he hasn't been able to articulate those or basically get them players to follow that um but maybe he's mellowed a little bit. The youth
0: development officer at Leeds when I was there um was there with Forrest. Uh, when Keane first came over, he would have been in the background with Brian Clough. And he always used to bring me into the office and just kinda he'd been he basically I I my attitude wasn't the best in terms of that kind of stuff running through walls, driven, tackling, but I pass balls where, wherever you want. But he used to always bring me in and say, If you've seen this fellow Roy Keane when he came over first he says uh, he'd be running jumping running through hoops just to get in the team he says he never had the best ability had to work on that over the years and became obviously a great uh, and all the stuff that we've praised him for now to passing but he was so driven that nothing was going to stop him
1: and he made an immediate, immediate impact almost when he went to forest suddenly like he, he came to bramlers and then Brian Clough told him uh by the way you're playing at anfield tomorrow night against liverpool and liverpool were the biggest team mm-hmm. in 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 britain at the time like you know and uh, to throw him in the lines then and he had a i think it was named forest man of the match and the rest as they say is history kind I of love thing, him, like, I can't know? speak enough of him. Yeah. Um right, so I mean just, just before we go though, can just on the uh the, the Jaden Sancho thing. Um it's it's criminal that a player of his perceived quality um and value isn't putting her in and training, the bare minimum as you say. And you're kinda going it's it's created another Ferrari for Ten Hag to to to, to, to another fire to fight, if you will. Um and now there's stuff coming out about Anthony as well. Um but with Sancho Apparently, they've had discussion and the talks broke down. How, how does the talks break down between the manager and the player when the manager's saying to you, you're not putting enough effort in, R. I am. that's it. The talks have broken down. So he's calling them a liar, basically. Um, but Ten Hag is saying, it seems to me that Ten Hag has made an effort with Sancho. He gave him the time off last year to go to Holland and do some training. But when you look back at Sancho's career... Apparently, this is a common thing with him. He's been late for training at Dortmund. Uh, Gareth Southgate did a great comment there during the week. There was a comment from he said that during the Euros, he expected to be in the opening game against Croatia. He wasn't and sulked and didn't put it in the training. He says and that's why he didn't start any of the games in the Euros. So he has form. Well, there you go. There's a trend already. So
0: like it's it's it shouldn't be surprising if this the way he's behaving now. if all those things have gone before. Um, and again it goes back to you could imagine and you don't want the harp over all ground and I know the game's moved on. If Alex Ferguson's the manager, that wouldn't be going on.
1: Yeah. They've all said it. So Ten
0: Hag, yeah, that's and I'd be with Ten Hag on this, Mm -hmm. you know. And then he's coming out tweeting about it. Like, go to the manager and have a chat with him and say, Look, you know And as used as he's been good to him, Ten Hag last year when he had the problem. So again, who's advising Sancho? That's what like who's pulling him aside and saying, Look, you need to cop on a little bit there here. were some
1: people saying that Ten Hag maybe shouldn't have gone public with that but others were saying well that was probably his last resort he's tried everything else so he's probably trying to get a reaction out him he by going public
2: he shouldn't have to go public exactly. either he like, yeah. shouldn't have to question a player's commitment like that's I, is it, I don't think it's even a great loss I, I haven't been in any way oppressed I saw United you know, against Villarreal two years ago when it was, Sancho was only just bought and I couldn't go over how kind of it's not that messy small yeah. it's not that he's small he's just frail I just felt like yeah weak almost like and I just yep. don't think he's been suited to the Premier League and I think maybe stats were a little bit padded at Dortmund because he was playing with Erlen Haaland like I'd probably get a few assists myself playing with <laughs> Erlen Haaland like let's be <laughs> honest like um so yeah I don't think it's any great loss the, o-
0: the only thing it's not a great loss I agree, agree with Rob in the sense the football because we haven't seen anything but the outlay yeah, yeah, are, so seventy-eight million or something—just yeah. another eighty million, man, wasted. Oh, so that's. that's I that's
2: thought we were talking. I was going to be miserable about Ireland. Now I'm miserable about Man United. I'm like, I, don't I get I me started get on the League of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, lads, uh, again, uh, another episode is race boy. We've uh, we we've, we've talked to death about Ireland, Stephen Kenny, Evan Ferguson, Roy Kane, and uh, finally Jaden Sancho. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you both on. Thanks for joining me, lads. Uh, we'll be back next week, but for now, you know what to do subscribe like leave us a review leave us a review that helps the no, word no, uh, superb leave us a good review oh a good <laughs> review sorry good man Robbie leave us a good review and it's spelled S-U-P-E-R-B we'll see you next week
2: you've been listening to House of Football brought to you by Sports Joe